3: Stars just hack it out to center. Ben down that right side into the saber zone. Sends it to the circle. The shot scores. A quick release. And to an off.
2: For the Dallas Stars. Expands that lead once again to another three goal advantage. It's six to three. Well, one of the ten. Yes, ten Dallas scores tonight. Buffalo getting embarrassed on home ice. They lose it 10-4 to in what felt like a must-have game in the standings as we welcome you back here to the Ted Darling Memorial Press Box. Brian Colziel, Pat Malacaro, the Sabres really in none of the period show any sort of life that to think that they were going to come back in this game and uh, leaving their goaltender Eric Comrie on a night where he obviously struggled. Um, there were times there in the third period where it looked like they just stopped playing. We'll be heading to the locker room in a moment with Paul Hamilton to get player reaction. I wonder, Pat, we have not really seen with this group since Kyle Oposo kind of took over as captain. You know, the Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, Rasmus, Ristalina era is gone. We really have never see- had any sort of like team meeting, those sort of things that you feel like you have maybe once every year or season or yep. two. Uh, I wonder if we'll have one tonight here, if whether a will be going into the room shortly, or if we'll have a little long wait.
4: They were way more frequent in that era of Sabres hockey, and I was just thinking the same thing. This might be gut check time, and this is an opportunity for Kyle Poso, Zemgis Girgensons, and some of the veterans on this team. Maybe even Alex Tuck, who's around, to to kind of let the players know that even if you're going to lose, you've got to put in the effort. And you said it. I mean. Forty nine shots on goal for Dallas in this game. The Sabres had a, a small sliver of hope when Jeff Skinner scores in the third. You're thinking, can they get another one in, in short order? You make it a one goal game at that point if you do.
2: Dallas then scored five right. five more. Yeah. Yeah. And
4: it just was a runaway freight train at that point. So yeah, I wonder if this is a chance for and a chance for Don Granado to let the players themselves deal with this in the locker room because you know at some point, yeah, I'm sure Don Granado Is't going to be able to go in there night after night to continue to deliver the message? It's going to have to be the players to, to do it at some point.
2: Yeah I was watching Don Granado on the bench as goal seven, eight, nine, ten went in just to see very stoic, almost nothing in terms of reaction. Um, not to say that I expected him at that point to throw a stick onto the ice or you know kick the, the wall or anything like that but uh, very little. We'll have to hear what the Sabres head coach has to say here. Coming up following the 10-4 to Dallas victory here over the Sabres. The most goals the Sabres have given up this season at uh, about the worst time possible. After coming off of two losses earlier in the week to Edmonton and the Islanders uh, in much need of a win in the standings, the Sabres lay a big-time egg. All right, let's go down to the room. Let's hear from the captain. Here's Kyle Laposo live.
3: Kyle, it's been, what, five periods now where things just... And it just kept going and going. In this one, what what's happened?
5: Well, I think this time of the year, every game is a new game. So, in this game, um, we did not have it, and it's pretty evident right from the beginning. Um, Seemed a little bit, we just seemed a little bit lifeless, a little tired, and just tough to play this time of the year when when you're not feeling your best. And you know, we just have to find a way to. uh, to get that energy back and, and, you know, understand the position that we're in. And I know that we're a young team and, um, you know, but we're, we're in a pretty special position with the group that we have. And, um, you know, it'd be a shame to, uh, to come out and and play like that. But that's, you know, in saying that that's uncharacteristic of our group. And, um, you know, we're going to regroup tomorrow and and find a way to get better.
3: Kyle, do you think some of the overpassing was just impatience, just trying to force things to happen
6: rather than working to, working to generate chances? Well,
5: it's, (coughs) it's a compliment to their team over there. I think that they are very structured. Um, they're very disciplined and you know they all play to their system and and that's a team that can frustrate you if you're not um if you're not willing to put the work in and and do the little things the little details that it takes to uh, to beat a team like that. They have a, they have a good goalie, they have good defensemen and um they're very good at breaking the puck out and um I thought that you know the fact that they broke the puck out so easily against us, you know, when we're and we're such a fast team in the league, you know, it's not Easy for teams to do that, and I think that demoralized us, and I think that caused us to be impatient.
3: How do you feel for Eric. I mean, he's been a difference maker recently, and I mean, he was he was
1: in for a lot of th- obviously all the goals.
5: Yeah, that's not that's that's on us. That's not on him at all. Um, you know, nobody's nobody's blaming him. He he hung in there, and we absolutely hung him out to dry. Um, that can't happen. Those those turnovers in our own zone, the the, care, the carelessness when the game kind of got out of hand there. That's. Um, you know, that's something that, you know, you learn when you're eight years old. You don't hang your goalie out to dry. And um, we did that tonight. And like, like I said, again, uncharacteristic of our group, but um, something that's going to be discussed.
3: It did happen in Boston, too, though, too. The same kind of thing happened there, too, didn't it? Um, in the
5: third period? Yeah, that one was a little bit different, I think. Um, you know, we gave up an empty net goal there, and then, you know, the two shorties probably could have gone without for sure and and you know they got another one late but yeah uh, it it's it's hard when you're you're looking you know you're looking at the standings and then the game gets away from you You know the game's over but you still have to play there's still good players in this league you know we know what it's like being up by up by six goals we've had that for us this year and it's just completely demoralizing to the other group but you still have to play it's uh... it's a national hockey league and and you know you have to help guys out um, especially in the pipes, in, in games like that.
3: Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. Kyle, Laposo on the post game. Brian, back to you.
2: There's the captain, Kyle Laposo, saying that uh, they seemed lifeless and tired. Tough to play this time of the year when you're not feeling your best. They're going to try to regroup tomorrow. Also said they very carelessness at the end of the game, hanging Eric Comrie out to dry. And
4: correct me that the wording might be different, but saying this will be addressed.
2: Yes, he did say that. Says it will be discussed right yep. right
4: so again leading you know and it's one thing to talk about it another thing to go out and do it on the ice but um that is one thing about kyle oposo's leadership is um i do believe that uh he, he and the other leaders in this team are going to try and do something about it
2: yeah we know over the last decade the sabers have gone through a lot of what we thought maybe was leadership issues or lack thereof mm-hmm. and uh you know, I think Kyle Oposo, from everything that we've heard and seen, uh, is a very, very good captain for this very young team. Uh, will I'll be curious to see now how they do react, and we know Oposo will have a hand in whatever discussion happens or whatever they do, you know, whatever the response may be come Saturday. He
4: was blunt and honest in front of the media, and I'm sure he'll be blunt and honest with his teammates as well, saying what needed to be said in public, and I'm sure... Um, in the locker room will probably be a similar conversation.
2: Right. And, you know, we said maybe, hey, maybe there was going to be a team meeting and, and whether, in fact, actually, Oposo came about as quick as he is. You know, the locker room's opened all season. So right. maybe that discussion will be coming either at a later time, you know, tonight or tomorrow, maybe even before the practice starts.
4: Yeah. So it, and it w- that's that's the thing. It, it will be brought up and just maybe his leadership style is not to do it on a night like tonight because everybody knows that it right. wasn't good enough. You do it tomorrow when maybe the message can be easier received.
2: Yeah, and he's got a chance maybe to collect his thoughts mm-hmm. and and bring it a little bit more clear and concise. Uh, Brian L Pat Malacaro here up in the press box will be uh, getting some more reaction here coming up. Paul Hamilton is in the Sabers dressing room. Ten to four, Dallas victorious. It was three to one after one, five to two after two, and then ten to four as uh, Dallas scores five in the third to me reminiscent, I know Paul asked it, it, it was reminiscent of the Boston game the other day. You know, the Bruins won 7-1. to You felt like at the end, like they were just not even playing in front of Lucan, and it felt like that in front of Comrie here in the third.
4: Yeah, and it, it, unfortunate, a game in October means as much as the game in March does, but these games in March has the context of the previous 60 games, uh, and it, it does ratchet up at this point of the season. So um, for the Sabres to have... A couple of efforts like this at this point of the year, um, definitely, you know, you saw it here in the building tonight. I mean, the reaction from the fans, and uh, it's, you know, it it was telling and honest.
2: Yep. All right, we look at uh, some of the final stats here, brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet, with you for the extra mile. Shots, 49-29. Dallas, 16, 18, and 15 across the three periods as uh, they beat the Sabres in the shot totals, 49-29. The shot attempts were 66 to 46. Um, Jake Ottinger gets a nice easy win. He led in four on 29, and it's probably his easiest win of the year, winning by six. Luka, or I'm sorry, Comrie on the other end, Pat, 10 goals against on 49 shots.
4: Yeah, and and, and as Kyle Oposo said, it's not an indication of how Eric Comrie's night, um, how, how good or bad he performed, uh, how well or poor he performed, but he um, faced 49 shots, and you know, somewhere you just don't even have a chance. Uh, deflections or or just blown assignments in front of them and um
2: yeah yeah let's go down to the room and hear from rasmus dalin live with paul
3: rasmus when you're in a race like this how can you guys go out and play a game like that i mean that's more than just being a young team isn't it
7: yeah um we uh we gotta learn from this and move on um it's not okay what went wrong do you feel um I can just speak for myself. I uh, was hesitant out there. I um, wasn't sure if I was going to go or not in certain situations. Um, I was sloppy. Um, yeah, it's not okay. Uh, you can only look yourself in the mirror and move on. Are you playing injured? No.
3: How about uh, when you guys really let it get away? I mean, that's happened in Boston. It happened here to Eric Comrie. uh how do you, you know, what do you say to Eric Comrie when something gets away like that?
7: Yeah, it's not his fault. Um, we got to help him. Um, you know, he battled for 60 minutes, and uh, we gave up so many odd man rushes and stuff, so um, that's on us, not on him. Kyle said this is obviously uncharacteristic of the group. Is that kind of the, the thought right now? you just got to get back to yourself. Still. Yeah, um, we got to go back to competing. Uh we gotta go back to uh, you know, um, play hard, keep it simple, um, and not, not think. Uh, I think we're a really little hesitant right now and um, uh, we just gotta yeah, tomorrow's a big big day.
4: You think that hesitation just because of where you where you guys are at in the standings and what the situation is?
7: Um, I don't know. Uh, we, we might put uh, too much pressure on ourselves. Uh, we really want this, and um, we really, really want to give it a push. So uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe we think too much or what not, but um, uh, I just know that uh, tomorrow is a big day, and we got to go back to work.
3: You said you can only speak for yourself. How do you feel you can get back to your game?
7: Play with my strength, uh, better gap, um, move my feet better. Um, keep it simple. Uh, you know, That's all I can do. Thank you, Rasmus.
3: Rasmus Dahlin on the post game. Brian,
7: back to you.
2: Paul, thank you. We hear from the Sabres captain and now one of the alternate captains there. In Rasmus Dahlin, ten to four, Dallas victorious. The stats, obviously, one-sided all over the place. Um, the shot totals forty-nine twenty-nine. The sh- uh, shot attempts sixty-six to forty-six. Um, You know, for those of you that care about other stats here, the plus-minus, Dallas was plus 25 tonight as a team, Buffalo minus 25. Um, You know, you had players just all over the ice, uh, just Dallas in the third, just skating and freewheeling and, you know, passing backwards and doing uh, two-on-one layup drills. It, uh, It definitely was ugly. Eric Comrie was not good, but Eric Comrie also did not deserve what happened tonight. I was... Wondering if Don Granado was going to pull the plug on him at some point just to get him out of the net. And uh, Granado decided to go with him the whole way. We'll see maybe if someone asks Granado about that at some point. Uh, having a goaltender let up 10 goals uh, obviously has got to be t- a tough thing to take for him. All right, at this time we're going to say goodbye to all of our local affiliates. If you want to keep listening to the postgame, go to WGR550.com or you can listen in on the Odyssey app. And for all of you on our flagship here in Buffalo on WGR, when we come back, we'll hear from the Sabres head coach, Don Granato. More standings updates. Uh, If it wasn't bad enough, wait till I tell you what happened in the Islanders-Penguins game. That's coming up. Paul Hamilton, too. A couple more stats and highlights. Final score from downtown Buffalo. Dallas, 10. Buffalo, 4. I'm Brian Colesiel. Thanks for listening. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Jay Cottinger, one of the saves there. Still didn't have to work too hard as his team won by six. It's our save of the game brought to you by your upstate Honda dealers. New inventory is arriving daily. 10 for the final. Let's get our play of the game in now. It's brought to you by NOCO, delivering comfort to homes and businesses since 1933. Well, we uh, might as well put a capper on the evening here tonight. Dallas hitting double digits on this shot from Marchment late in the third. Hayes in again, looks far circle. There is the
3: pass. Comrie, no, it's off the pads and in from the far side of the ice. Marchman. Mason Marchman going to collect his 11th goal of the year.
2: Yeah, that one was the double-digit maker there, 10-4, to 4, Dallas victorious. Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray there on the call. Thanks for being with us here as we welcome you back to KeyBank Center just after 10 o'clock. 14,174, many of them unfortunately not staying to the end here tonight as the Sabres fall in their... I'll say it, their worst outing of the season, especially their worst outing on home ice. If you're wondering, when's the last time the Sabres gave up 10? Well, it was here at home, Ottawa, 2005. More details on that. Let's go down to Don Granado Live.
3: Don, in such an important game. How can that total result happen?
6: Well, every game's important. No question. Every game's important. Um very we didn't obviously didn't you've watched our team play that didn't look like our team Um, we weren't sharp Uh, we at points in that game played with a little bit of frustration and not the fearless way we need to play and that compounds and did so tonight and um, you you've got (laughs) a loss is a loss and uh ugly pretty there's it's a loss and you know we uh we don't like it one bit. We have to find a way that it makes us better. I trust that our guys will find a way that this will make us better. And, um, you know, you saw it, we saw it, and it wasn't uh, wasn't what we wanted. I don't like asking you to speculate, but do you think that what happened Tuesday carried over? There could have been some carryover because, again, I didn't feel our confidence was there at the start. we looked a little hesitant at times, and you give, you give teams uh, extra time and space when you're hesitant. You know, we, we um, struggled to play a direct game we saw by the shot count, um, generating shots, creating shots. And it's, again, something that uh, we will, it, it, at least there's things you take from this game that will make you better, absolutely. And, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a look into the mirror of things that uh, you need to work on and you need to be better at, and we will do that. We, it looked like we were in our own head tonight. Like I said, because it didn't look like us. So, uh, yes, and it's part of what I said. Part of the growth is feeling the different pressure and still staying on task and not allowing that to take you out of it. So, you know, I think there was some of that in there, and you know, again, it's a, it's a playing games with more pressure and, um, y- y- you know, heightened expectations is what this what we need. We need that, and I think we'll respond. Something Don
4: said is that we spending too much time thinking on the items as
3: opposed
6: to reacting. That's fits. it fits Joe. Uh, Joe exactly hit. Yeah. He you said, You're you're in your own head, and you're you were, um you're concerned and worried about something, you know, I felt we were worried more about a negative result instead of just playing the game from the, from the outset. So, um, we, you know, if you're that way, you're going to go through what happened tonight and you're going to have an opportunity to learn from it and adjust. So
4: how do you move forward
6: from something? like? Oh yeah, yeah. This league, you, uh, well, I, I told the guys, uh, you, you, Nobody likes it, but you cannot have fear or doubt because of this. You just can't. This, this, you can't. You gotta, you gotta find a way to not. And, and that creeps in. It crept in in the middle of the game, obviously. Um, fear and doubt, and, and uh, it's, it's only natural that it, that it creeps in. Uh, but you, you have to knock that out. The faster, the better.
7: Don, where you guys are at, being a young team. You're putting young players in positions never been in before, but how how do you go through that process with accountability
2: when you're putting guys in different situations? And you know, I know you don't want to necessarily take a younger guy out of the lineup or something like that after a big mistake. But how do
3: you sort of find a balance there? I guess if that makes sense. We, have, mean, a night
6: like that, you've got too many guys to take out of the lineup. So, and and I don't, you know, we we know that we're the youngest team in the league you look at our defensive courts by far the youngest uh in the league and you you have to learn from your mistakes because everybody makes mistakes and and the faster you learn the better and uh that's that's tonight has to be one of those you know uh, unfortunate negative uh outcome bad memory that makes you better um we've all had those in life and and it has to be impactful and tonight um you know that's the good. That's the that's the good that has to come of this. Something good has to come of this. You you, you go through these situations, uh, you need to, to to gain something good out of it, and that's that's what we're facing right now. Um, I'm not going to sit here and dwell and throw somebody under the bus. I, I, I think Comrie uh, was a very difficult situation for Comrie. Um, you know, at one point in that game, it was five to three in the third period. It was five to three in the third period at one point. So, you know, we had we had considered uh, goaltender change earlier. Uh, but it was in the third period. You, you can't do it. So it's at that point. Again, it was five three in the third period. So uh, I feel bad for him uh, to bear w- what transpired the last eleven minutes. Um, we weren't good the first forty nine, but at the forty nine minute mark, it was a five to three game, and, and the bottom fell out. So um, tough on, very tough on him, and I don't fault him for that. Thanks.
2: Okay, there's Sabres head coach Don Granato. Uh, his live postgame comments brought to you by Salino Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Tempstar Emergency Services specialists bringing heat on and off the ice. Back up here to the Press Box, Brian Colziel with you. Yeah, you heard it right there. Granado said they did consider a goalie change earlier in the game, uh, but when it got to 5-3 early third when Skinner scored, and that's when we thought maybe something, you know, if there was going to be a comeback, maybe that's the spot. Um, it obviously turned on its heels the other way. Dallas ended up scoring five more after that. Uh, he said that he felt bad for Comrie there um, down the stretch, which you know, God, it was. You know, how could you not? It was, <laughs> it was a, uh, it was rough to watch for sure for all of us here in the building tonight. Uh, we'll go down to Paul Hamilton in a moment here. Uh, the Sabers tonight get no points. They've lost three in a row. And for those of you still looking at the standings, for what it's worth. Here tonight, Pat. As uh, we get a check with the scores, with you here, the score in Pittsburgh. If you said, "Tell me the worst case scenario," well, what 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 do we call it? Snowballs, dominoes falling beyond tonight's game here. Worst case scenario in Pittsburgh tonight.
4: The Penguins had a 3-1 lead in the third period. Give it up to the Islanders, and they win in overtime. Do does New York? So both teams get points pittsburgh adds one to their total the islanders had two more instead of the penguins moving past the islanders and you still have with the games in hand and, and match up with the islanders instead it goes the other way and both teams it's a three-point night so yeah it's a the worst case scenario for the sabers uh there also the rangers will be here in just uh under 48 hours they win in a shootout against the canadiens four to three in overtime it was the golden knights by that same score Defeating Tampa Bay, a shootout between the Capitals and the Devils. So Washington gets a point tonight, despite losing three to two to New Jersey. The Oilers use a two-goal third-period comeback to defeat Boston three to two as well. The Hurricanes, a goal by Andrei Sveshnikov in the opening stanza, holds up. They defeat the Flyers one to nothing. Games ongoing. Actually, just starting in Seattle, the Kraken and Senators are scoreless, a game impacting the Sabres in the standings with Ottawa. The Kings, 2-0 leaders over the Avalanche, five minutes gone by in the second period. Also early in the second, Brett Ritchie's seventh of the year, giving the Coyotes a 1-0 lead over Nashville. It was St. Louis, actually St. Louis, in front of San Jose right now, 3-2, in about five minutes into the third period there. Taking a look at local college basketball. Only one game still ongoing. And the last remaining team on the men's side of the Big Four is Niagara. Is in action against Siena. 3.30 to go in the opening half. Purple Eagles with a 32-24 lead over the Saints. Noah Thomason, 12 points to lead the Purple Eagles on the floor. Also in Mid-American Conference action today. UB season comes to an end with a 101-77 loss to Akron in the quarterfinals in Cleveland, Brian. All
2: right, so... On the men's side, is the only team left in Western New York, so we'll see if they can get it done against Siena and move on to the semis in the Metro Atlantic. Yeah, the standings, Pat, with that Islanders win. You know, we talked about in pregame, Paul and we're kind of debating, like, you know, who do you... Obviously, you're hoping for a regulation win no matter what. Doesn't happen. It goes to overtime. So it's a three-point game. You know, and I think settling on the fact... Okay, look, at Pittsburgh... You've got the same number of games played. You don't have any more head-to-head meetings. You've got the three games at hand of the Islanders, plus a head-to-head matchup, which can help you right there. So root for Pittsburgh to push the Islanders back closer to you because you only have to pass one of them. And it's worst-case scenario. Islanders get two. Penguins get one. So beyond the sting of what we saw here in the building tonight, For whatever it's worth on the out-of-town scoreboard, that goes also worst-case scenario.
4: It does. Ottawa just getting underway right now. You have the same amount of points. will have played the same amount of games at the end of the night. That could be a team, uh, even with Florida, by the end of the night. So uh, not only is it going to be points now, but, again, it's going to come back to what we talked about in November. But with fewer games to play, can you leapfrog the teams in front of you just to get to that second wild-card spot?
2: I mean, what a swing, Just a week ago, we're sitting here thinking they win in Tampa, they win in Florida, they come home and blast the Capitals, and yep, they had a setback against Columbus and Boston, but they respond against Tampa, that's one thing we've given credit to for this team, they tend to respond after having some bad nights, but then this week has been uh, a disaster, a a game against Edmonton that you probably could have won, but then the Islanders game doesn't go well, and then obviously Dallas too. 10-4 10-4 to four the final. Let's go down to the locker room area in the media room and bring Paul Hamilton in. Paul, this game with this team, um, I mean, I don't know if stunning is the word, but um, we know we've had some clunkers in this building, but nothing this bad. Ten goals against, and I know you asked the question to somebody. I would agree with you. It felt like the Bruins game again in the final minutes. Just the, the stars were toying in front of Eric Comrie, and there was nobody there to stop it. Yeah, this
3: has happened twice in a week. Exactly a week. It was a 3 nothing game in Boston with five minutes left, and they lose 7-1 to one as they hung Lucan and out to dry. Two of them were empty netters. None of these were empty netters. They were all 10, but they hung Comrie out to dry. Two on O's, breakaways. Um, I'm sorry. I understand this is a young team. I get it. But this, to, in this game was a lot more than a young team. Everybody was involved in this. They didn't. They didn't get waterboarded ten to four because they were a young team. Uh, this was a team that quit in the third period, absolutely quit. They quit in Boston. You know, after after the empty net goal, and that's not this team. I don't understand. I don't get it. I I, I don't understand. Why Why this is happening all of a sudden. And they're hanging two of their three goalies out to dry uh, with absolutely nothing. The, the, the turnovers were just egregious. What are you guys doing? Thompson on the one goal. I'm talking about the third period. Thompson inside the zone on the one goal. Just a, 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 just a, a goofy pass that winds up being picked off and off they go. Cousins inside the blue line. Turns it over. It's in the net. Labushkin, right in front of his net turns it over 2 on0 it's in the net. What, just you know to, just to sit and watch it I, I don't understand because that's not that's what I agree with with Don Granado that's not this team or, or Kyle Lo that's not these guys that's not the way they play. but yet this has happened twice in a week now where they basically gave up at, at the end of a game and hung a goalie out. And that that is absolutely inexcusable, and Kyle Poso, uh, he didn't use the same words I did. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but the words he used, he said it's going to be addressed.
2: And uh, it better be, because that's unacceptable. Yeah, I would agree. Paul, the the handling of Comrie there, Granato said they considered a goalie change. I mean, I don't know what you do in the third there. I mean to, to let him sit there and have to face all ten that's tough. I know what happened the other night with Lucan in at least the five and the two in the empty netters. I I don't know, would you have wanted him to manage that any differently the way it played out? I absolutely will say what is Don Granado doing? He said you can't
3: change the goalie in the third. Why? Why not? I don't understand why. Why are you making Comrie for the first time in Buffalo Sabres history? A goaltender gave up 10 goals at home. He's the first and only in the history of the Buffalo Sabres because there's been no coach that would let his goalie sit there for 10 goals unless it was a 10-8 game or something. It was still a game. But why is he making Comrie sit, sit there in the middle of that? Is it because he doesn't want to put his youngster in the middle of it? That's possible. That's like, well, I don't really want to throw my 23-year-old in net and let him suffer through this especially since he had to suffer through it in Boston. So that might be possible as I'm kind of talking through it now. I'm, I'm a little bit talking myself out of it because that might have been his thinking. Why would I put my 23-year-old in there for this?
2: Yeah. Sabres give up 10 and fall by a score of 10-4 to tonight. And we're talking with Paul Hamilton here on the post-game show. Paul, there was a moment. Don Granato brought it up. Skinner scores early third. It's 5-3. And there's still 16-plus minutes to go. And we know this team can score quickly and score in bunches. So it it didn't seem like it was an impossible feat at that point. And I think maybe there was maybe two to three more shifts after that of some pretty high-energy motivated hockey, and then it just disappeared again. And I don't know. I heard them saying whether or not they're tired. I know you asked Darlene if they're hurt. I don't know if it's a combination of both, and they're just too proud to admit it. But... um, for them to be young and inspired and wanting to do well as they say they are, to just all of a sudden again just like let the you know let the fire just burn out so fast again there, like even when Skinner scores it, like if that didn't give you, they hadn't played well for 40 minutes, and you had a five three game with almost a full period to go, and it motivated them for maybe two minutes tops, and then it went away again.
3: Absolutely, that might have been the best hockey of the game, two minutes. You know, where where they four-checked, they got in, they, they, they went to the net. Oposo had a great chance to make it 5-4, and Ottinger makes the save, you know, from directly in front. If that goes in, I don't know, who knows what happens. Uh, it certainly changes the complexion of the game. Maybe it ends the same way. I don't know. Well, we, we would have had to wait to see, but that might have been the best spurt they had. In the whole game there where they finally started playing the way they are capable of playing. But um, it just gets back to, you know, just when the first Dallas goal, which got everything started, Jeff Skinner in the offensive zone tried to go cross ice. One of the stars got a stick in the passing lane, tipped the puck away. So the stars break out. They go into transition. They get into the zone. Thompson gets back. He's on the wall back in the defensive zone. And just backhands a pass up the wall blindly. Well, you know, so who's standing there? It's not a saber. And, uh, you know, so Dadunov that, that is the one standing there. Next thing you know, puck gets tipped in the net. It's 1-0 Dallas. And it goes from there. And the turnovers were just, and they just got worse and worse and worse to the a point where, you know, when they were turning the puck over, just giving Dallas goals at the end, it's like, Guys, what are you doing? I mean, what you're doing wouldn't be acceptable in a pond hockey game where you're picking up sides. I think your friends would be upset with you if you're turning the puck over like that in a game like that. So it's just I, 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 I have trouble explaining it. I, 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 I get how, all right, they basically, you know, they, they can still do this. Um, the Islanders getting two points and the Penguins one doesn't help. You know, with the guy, the teams that are in front of you, also doesn't help that it, you know when it's on the line here. You've lost five out of six games, and the only games you played well in were the Edmonton Oilers. That could have gone either way. Both teams played very well in Tampa Bay. Other than that, you've basically been awful as a team. And you know, it, it, it this is very good experience for the younger players. This is the youngest uh, team in the league. And they will be better for it uh, in the end, I would think, unless they just can't cope with this kind of pressure, which I don't think is true. I think they can. I've seen them play better, and I've seen them come back from things uh so you know I'm not going to sit here and say they're out of it. they're not out of it by any means, but now it's no longer in their own hands i mean with with the islanders winning uh The Sabres cannot, they need help to catch them now. It it was all in their own hands for a long time. And that's what I kept telling people when they're, well, you got five games in hand. They got six games in hand. Well, you got to win them. And my experience covering the NHL is when teams go into it that they have games in hand, very often they don't win those games in hand or they don't win enough of them to be able to catch you know, to get where they want to be. So they they have – it's a tall order now. They've got work to do, and they're going to get another all-star goalie coming. This will be the fourth in four games. And uh, when the New York Rangers arrive on Saturday, and then you hit the road to play Toronto, Washington, and Philadelphia. So uh, is it over? No. But you certainly got to play a lot better than you've played uh, – pretty much for the last six games minus two and the last four out of six let's say
2: yeah paul finish here just a a couple of tweets as we get our first response from the fans brought to you by serve pro of central buffalo's team luzzy serve pro of central buffalo's team luzzy first response or first and faster to any size disaster visit teamluzzy.com as you can imagine paul uh hundreds of tweets here at brian wgr i most of them i cannot read on air but here's a couple of them i'll let you comment on Uh, B. Kenny says, youngest group of the NHL is too tired to put up a fight in their home building while in a fight to extend their season into the playoffs. I'm wondering if this core group maybe isn't as special as everyone believes them to be. Anthony says, worst part of tonight, I don't care that they gave up 10 goals. They were clearly outmatched, which does happen. I care that they completely phoned it in for the last 10 minutes. True. Uh,
3: Very, very true. I don't understand... You know, it's it's just a, you know, a quick reaction how you talk about the Sabers' young players and not be excited about Dylan Cousins, not be excited about Rasmus Dahlin or Jack Quinn or even J.J. Paterka, uh, you know, guys like that, Owen Power. I, I just don't get how you don't think they are going to be good players, and that's your right. You have every right to believe what you want to believe, but... Uh, you know, this is going to be. If the Sabers got this wrong, and those guys aren't good players, which I don't think is true. I think they are going to be good players, and for the most part, this year have been good players. This is going on another ten years. Then, I mean, uh, and I, I, I just, I just totally disagree. I, I, if he doesn't think they're good players, that's his
2: right, and I respect it. But I just agree with it. I disagree with it. Yeah. And, Paul, let's, let's also, I think, be mindful that the analysis of Granado, Adams, and Cousins, and Power, and the Spirit group for fans, and I'm going to say it's understandable. It's going to be going possibly on 12 years of not making the playoffs to separate and understand that Adams, Granado, and this young group of Power and Cousins and all these guys, they weren't a part of that. But as an organization for fans – it's kind of reaching the level like it was for the Bills when they had that drought for so long and people were getting on McDermott and being at least early and we kept saying like, hey, you know, the the past 15 seasons weren't them. But it's tough to separate it as a fan because you've been there the whole time. So I understand their frustration, but trying to separate and say, hey, I'm mad at Dylan Cousins because they're not performing right now, like, I understand your point too. It's, it's tough to separate it. I understand fans want to be, they're emotional, they're into it, they've spent money to show up to the arena, like, I get it. Um, and that sometimes is tough to separate, wouldn't you say? Like if if you're a fan of the stands cheering for this team and you're excited and really invested because they're in it maybe for the first time in the decade and you paid to come tonight, I get why they're annoyed, but hopefully trying to remember to remind fans that Adams and Granado and Power and Cousins, they are not a part of 12 years, even though I know as a fan, you have been a part of, been frustrated, you know, watching them for 12 years.
3: Well, this is, this is the first time in most of those years, I think almost all of them, where you haven't been putting your Christmas tree away and also putting your playoff hopes away, knowing that the Sabres are out of it. They basically, for the last 11 years, have been out of it by the holidays. Totally out of it. And there have been a couple of them where they were out of it by Thanksgiving. And so here you are in March 9th. What Granado and Kevin Adams have developed here and the way they've done this team, here you are talking about important games. I mean, they were right in it when this week started. And here, you know, in comes Edmonton, and you lose two games, three to two, and, you, and it really shakes up your playoff hopes. But we're still talking about playoff hopes. They were in good shape on Monday. Which is what? The 6th? So on March 6th, they were in really good shape. Four days ago. To make ago. the playoffs. Yes. You know? So, or March 5th, I guess that would be. Whatever. You get the point. Yeah. I mean, we, we haven't even been able to say re- in the m- recent past that on January 1st, they're in good shape. We're sitting there talking about you're running draft simulators by then and trying to figure out who the best players are and who you might get in the draft and, you know, how far up are you going to be and do you think you're going to get the first pick? That's been the conversation for the last 11 years. So I don't understand for those that want to fire Adams and Granado, what, to what end? What does that get you? you? They've been firing coaches and GMs forever now. This at least seems to have turned things around and headed in the right direction so I don't know why, after losing four games out of five, or five out of six, all of a sudden it's time to fire everybody. You know, that's I, I don't I don't get that. But again, people are entitled to their thoughts, and and that's I will I respect that. Um, but I, it wouldn't honestly. It's not even as we sit here and talk. It's not even a thought in my mind. Uh, oh, of they course need, not. they need yes. they need a coaching change or they need. I think they've come a long, long way, and I, th- I think what they're doing is the right thing. It's different from what any GM has done here. And, the, the, you know, trading away all your good young talent and your draft picks to bring in Ryan O'Reilly and to bring in Evander Kane and to bring in this and to bring in that, that didn't work. And then when it didn't work, you're sitting there going, well, um, we don't have any draft picks. Uh, we don't have any young players. Now what are we going to do? Type of thing. I, and I don't think, you know, trading away Savoy or Kulik or both just to get a defenseman from Arizona that probably in a year or two will be your third best defenseman. I don't see how that helps your team. Um, you know, I, I don't think he will be better than Daleen. I don't think he will be better than Power when we're talking within a year or two. So why would you in my mind why would I, if I'm the GM why would I give up those kind of assets to get a guy who's going to be no better likely no better than my third
2: best defenseman. Yep. Paul, thank you so much for your work. We'll chat Saturday here with the Rangers in town.
7: Okay. All
2: right, Paul Hamilton down in the media room. 10 to 4 Dallas Victorious here. Uh one injury note from the game again. Uh Tyler Sagan left the game midway first period. He was cut on uh, kind of his leg with the skate, Jordan Greenway, and went down to the tunnel, did not return. So uh, that was the uh, biggest injury from tonight's game. Injury report brought to you by Losey and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation. Personal injury attorneys working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. So the final shot totals end up 49-29 in favor of Dallas. Uh, the shot attempts were 66-46. Power plays Buffalo oh, of 2 Again, too early in the game. They score on one of them. I'm not saying it changes the outcome, but maybe at least uh, after one you feel like it's a little different story, and maybe you come out the second a little different. Who knows? Dallas goes one of three on the power play. Uh, the three stars, I mean, Dallas had so many players uh, with multiple point efforts tonight, you could have given it to a ton of them, obviously. Uh, but Jamie Ben ends up being named the first star in this game. He had one goal, two assists, three points, a plus three, and uh, he tonight is the electric player of the game. Brought to you by Town Auto Group for an electrifying performance. Check out Town Auto Group's lineup of EVs. So, yeah, a uh, clunker here tonight. Stinker, a bad one. Embarrassing for sure. Uh, Will Buffalo respond? They uh, have done a good job responding from really bad games. Remember last week a 7-1 loss in Boston. They come back and the next game beat Tampa at home. Uh, You're pretty much in must-win mode on Saturday uh, with the playoff race. It's been a bad week for the Sabres for sure. 0-3, for 3, uh, but it could take a four-game winning streak and all of a sudden you could be right back in the same spot uh, that you were uh, upcoming. The Sabres have been better on the road. Well, guess what? Three of their next four are on the road. But Saturday, the next home game, 5 o'clock. Note the start time if you're coming down to the arena on Saturday, 5 p.m. against the Rangers. I'll be on the air for the pregame show at 4 uh, right here on the Sabres Radio Network. With that, we're going to say goodnight to everybody here on WGR and the Sabres Radio Network. Thanks to TJ Luckman, our producer, back in our Amber Studios. Thank you, TJ. Crew here at KeyBank Center. Paul Hamilton, our reporter, down to the room. Pat Malacaro and Jonathan Koziel up here. Check out Pat's game story, WGR550.com. Tom Matty was our engineer. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, on the pregame. And for our game announcers, Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray. I'm Brian Koziel. Again, the final from downtown Buffalo. Dallas 10, Buffalo 4. We'll talk to you here Saturday afternoon, Rangers in town, right here on the Buffalo Sabres radio network. Good night, everyone.